1: over here's paul calvisi i'm ready i'm 100% ready i'm telling you i'm ready and ron wolfley it doesn't get
0: any better than that unleash the fury
2: well there's the radio that kyler used on saturday to call on the plays wolf to the other qbs right cliff kingsbury talking today saying with a smile how quote i just wanted him to know that hey this stuff ain't easy yeah. Every now and then, quarterbacks will shake their heads when I'm calling in the place, says Cliff. So he's like, all right, go ahead, big dog. There you go. And then there's the radio that we're on this evening for the next hour. Let's see here. It's show number 571, all time in the history of the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford. Paul Calvisi here.
0: Ron Wolfley there. You know what's beautiful about it as well, Paulie? We actually have some things to talk about that pertain to the game of football on the football field, do we not, Paul?
2: I was about to say, let's see here, 90-plus players in camp and about 90-plus storylines in the span of a week. I mean, storylines, we have headlines. We've got got the return of guys we didn't expect, like, oh, Max Williams to start off today. Hashtag mustache. Love seeing Max
0: Williams out there. I mean, Wolf. Paulie, what was that, honestly, first of all, before you go off of Max Williams, what was that mustache that he had going right there? Paulie, you, from time to time, have been known to grow a nasty-looking mustache, I might add. What was that all about? Well, first off, you have the fullback club. <laughs> I'm not going to
2: say you know, anything negative about the fullback club like you do about the mustache club. You know, the likes of a Drew Stanton in the past, a Carson Palmer. Okay. <laughs> Drew
0: Stins was Currently, the
2: worst. I, I said earlier, the, the leader right now all you know across the country, the, the mustache power pole is Matt Carpenter of the Yankees. Google that up, the infielder. Yes. Uh, and then you had Max Williams say, I mean, there's always got to be that guy who keeps it light during the drudgery, right, In the uh, of a training camp. And that guy is Max Williams, what he says or what he's wearing on his upper lip.
0: You know what's so amazing about it, too? You're talking about one of the most dangerous human beings on the face of the planet when he's actually in between those white lines. Max will light you up, Paul. I know you've never been lit up, Polly. I know you don't know what that really feels like. It's not a very nice experience. Let's put it that way. And honestly, that mustache is not nefarious.
2: Don't make me break out the high school game film from our game against Santa Teresa. Don't go
0: Ronnie Lott again. So, Please don't do that, Paul. They
2: activated Max Williams off the pup. Uh, we see that. I mean, there's a lot of stuff flying around today. It's that started the day. In terms of personnel to end the day, they signed a wide receiver by the name of Marcel Aitman uh, because we also have some injury news mixed in there, like Antoine Wesley, who looks like he's going to miss at least the next week as they try and evaluate his groin and his hip. He's had an MRI. Zach Ertz left the field today with a cat strain, So we'll see what's up with that. Uh, speaking of tight ends, Trey McBride, he missed his second straight practice. Doesn't sound like it's a big deal with a back. They want to make sure he's good to go for the preseason opener next week at Cincinnati. Marco Wilson dealing with a groin. We'll get to more Marco Wilson and what the head coach had to say about him. So, yeah, well, there's a lot going on. And then there's the former host of this show. D.J. Humphreys putting the big in a Big Red Rage with the big dollars. How about your reaction to his contract extension?
0: You know what, Paulie? Um, in the National Football League, in the year of our Lord, 2022, you need three offensive positions. You've got to address three, and you've got to have three really, really good ones if you want to have a good offense. Number 1, as we all know, Pauly, it's franchise quarterback, right? You would agree with that, of course. Even you, Pauly. You would agree with that. You know you need a franchise quarterback if, in fact, you want to have a good offense. Well, I think the Arizona Cardinals have that, of course, in Kyler Murray. You also need a wide receiver 1, Pauly. You need a guy in today's NFL where you're throwing the ball and they're making the rules so easy to throw the ball and easy to protect a quarterback and protecting the quarterback. quarterback literally when he's getting hit or sacked yeah there's no doubt about that you need a wide receiver one out there and i think the arizona cardinals have that in deandre hopkins when he's healthy and ready to go
2: thank you bill o'brien team mvp of the cardinals three years ago
0: and paulie you need an offensive tackle you need a left tackle to be precise and that's what the arizona cardinals have now with dj humphreys they locked him up of course they added what three more years onto his contract right now when you find a left tackle that is better than average let's put it that way when you you find a left tackle that is in the top third of the league you go ahead and you sign him to an extension
2: he started 49 of the last 50 games for the cardinals the one game he missed covid he's a two-time team captain but think about
0: dj um he's Umphrey's. a dog ball yeah
2: and think about D.J. Humphreys, though, as a rookie, 2015, when he's a first-round pick, and by his own admission, was immature. Yes. He, he was asked in front of the media if the 2015 version of D.J. Humphreys would have believed he just earned yet another contract extension.
3: Definitely surreal. I think just, you know what I mean, thinking back over the whole thing, you know, if you had told me this in 2015, that first, you know what I mean, that first rookie minicap that this was going to be the case eight years later, I probably would have laughed at you, you know what I mean? But being on this side of it, man, it's, it's definitely sweet, man, being able to, you know, secure my future here and know that I'll be able to be here. I always wanted to play for one team, so knowing that I'm able to be in that position and continue that, keep that dream alive is huge for me. So the
2: reports say he said during this season, $21 million. that's up from $15 million, but they lowered his cap hit for this coming season to $12.5 million, so that creates almost another $7 million of cap space for this year. Oh, yeah. So what? does that mean? Are they going to extend some of the current guys like a Byron Murphy or a Jalen Thompson, or might they go out on the open market looking to bolster another position or perhaps from someone from the outside?
0: Yeah, Paulie, or might they even look at Marcus Golden and say, hey, you know what I mean? Maybe we're going to do something right there. I have no idea, Paulie, what they're going to do, but it is nice that they freed up some $7 million right there. You know what I love, Paulie, in regard to this offensive line as well? This is a veteran offensive line, yet it's not the it by any way, any stretch of the imagination. This is a veteran offensive line, yet you can look at these guys, think about it, Paulie. Four of the five, of course, coming back. Four of the five from last year coming back. And then three of the five, they've played together for years when you think about it, right? DJ Humphreys and Justin Pugh and Calvin Beachum now, they've played four years. I really, really like the continuity on that offensive line and the new addition of Will Hernandez alongside of Rodney Hudson. Um, That really fills me with an awful lot of good feelings, Pauly, because they needed to shore up that interior O-line.
2: You said it earlier, no QB, no chance in the NFL. That's 1A. 1B would be no offensive line, no chance on offense. Doesn't matter how many weapons you might have. If you have a terrible offensive line, you're going nowhere. So Cliff Kingsbury knows the importance of a left tackle like D.J. Humphreys.
3: He brings a lot of juice, a lot of leadership to our team and offense, and uh, he loves to play the game. So you can feel that out there with offense and really big fan of DJ. When when we got here, I think people were still trying to figure out if he was going to make it in this league, and he's really taken off and, and become a real integral part of what we're trying to do here.
2: And you mentioned it. He's a dog. I mean, as big as he smiles and as good a time he has and as great a sense of humor he has during the week, Monday through Saturday on Sunday, he is a different dude down on the field between the white lines. And now he has company in that regard in the new right guard. Will Hernandez. In fact, you had a moment with Will Hernandez earlier today
0: or last couple days, right? Didn't you sit down with Will Hernandez? Yes. Uh, as a matter of fact, Paul, I believe that was today. Yes, there, it was today, no doubt. Sources confirm Will it was Hernandez, today. Yes. Paulie, 336 pounds. He told me what his weight was. I was like, are you 340? Because I like him at 345. I'm <laughs> just joking, Paul. I'm just joking. But the 340, it sounded really, really good when you looked at him because of their refrigerator like structure of will hernandez and the body that is a square dude paul you you know i talk about this all the time how square a dude is will hernandez is a square dude man a wide butt
2: what was your old saying that this is back in the day and this is old school football but you got the advice from your older brother who had already spent five years with the Steelers as a rookie what was the advice Wolf well, and i don't get off on of just this the basic piece of advice going into
0: camp as a rookie well Pauly it was uh number one shut your mouth uh okay. number two he told me respect everybody and then number three Pauly, he said pick a fight with the toughest guy on the team
2: because Will Hernandez just had a skirmish with <laughs> J.J. Watt I'm just saying if you're well, gonna pick somebody out on that field 99 and you want to make a statement to your new teammates they got into it I mean they are rooting in a tooting a little bit right it wasn't quite whomping in a stomp and they cut it off there was no a lot they of weren't yeah just,
0: they, you know yeah but you know what Polly that's gonna happen you know what honestly it, it, football is an intense game you're literally trying to drive another dude into the ground <laughs> yeah, that's your intent that's what you're trying to do and you're you're doing it with malice dare I say and if you're so, not what are you doing out on the field?
2: And you know what? He's also doing a solid for the starting left guard. Here's Justin Pugh asked about the arrival of Will Hernandez earlier today.
4: I love having Will here. Will Will replaced me in New York, and he was the scrapper there. It must be like if you played left guard in New York, you just have to fight. Because I was now I don't have to fight. Will's taking over that role, man. He's he's the enforcer out there. Let my old ass, you know, take a couple of plays off and have to go beat up D lineman. Um, it's been awesome. He's a great dude, great personality, great in the locker room. I couldn't say enough good things about Will. I'm real happy he's here.
2: I've kind of three scraps so Love far. That. Will Hernandez against three different guys at three different times. In fact, I'm going to come up with a new hashtag. You know how they like to say Detroit versus everybody? It's Damn. Will versus everybody. <laughs> That's my new hashtag. I'm going, get a, I'm going to get a t-shirt going. Forget the Prove It Everyday t-shirt. I'm going with Bill, Will versus everybody.
0: Polly, did I tell you he was a brawler? I told you exactly when he showed up. When the, when the Cardinals said, you know what, we're signing Will Hernandez, I said, you know, they just signed a brawler. Uh, this is a, a guy that is known for his run-blocking. Of course, he's going to have to continue to work on his pass sets. I think Coogs is really helping him. Talking to Will Hernandez today, he was talking about how much help he's really got from this veteran offensive line, bringing him along where he's the baby on this offensive line at five years in the league. Think about that, Paul. Will is the baby. He said he's learned so much from all these other guys, they've helped him so much. And I, man, that resonates with me because I remember being in that running back room when you had guys like Otis Anderson and Stump Mitchell. I'm talking about pros, pros. I'm talking about some of the best to ever do it. Man, they they helped me so much inside of that locker room. And Will Hernandez, here he is at five years in the league. Yeah, this is this is a veteran offensive line, and I'm bullish on it.
2: And look, for all the needs we talked about in the offseason, Wolf, the last five months, corner and pass rush, right guard was a need. That was a liability last year. Justin Murray went down, and the Cardinals never had a solid answer at right guard. It showed up at the worst times, including the playoff game. And so, when you're in a division with Aaron Donald, you got to (laughs) solidify that position, period. And the Cardinals like to think they've done just that with will hernandez hey uh, episode 34 of the day Pash podcast featuring cardinals running back the pro bowler james connor available now wherever you get your podcast and via twitter at Pash pod all right speaking of pass rush yeah i mean you're asking yourself where's it going to come from minus chandler jones well it doesn't have to be from the edge it doesn't have to be via the blitz are we all forgetting about a difference maker who might be that guy this year. He is next on this edition of the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert.
4: Snap to Lance. He's going to rush up the middle. And he's brought down by Zach Allen at the 22 for a loss of three on the play. Snap to Stafford. They get the play off. Straight drop back. Has time. Pumps. Now it's hit. And sacked by Allen. Back at the 29-yard line. And the Cardinals force a punt. Plants to throw from the pocket. Now steps up. Gets hit by Zach Allen. And sacked at the 46-yard line. Big number 94 has made a couple plays here today. Back to throw Dalton at the screen. And it's picked off Allen. the far side's got it at the 30 at the 20 at the 15 and tackled by Dalton at the 11 yard line and the ball comes out and it's scooped up by Zach Allen at the five and into the end zone for the touchdown
2: well we're definitely putting the big into big red rage right now the aforementioned Zach Allen joining us all brought to you by Santan Ford we are Santan Ford Paul Calvisi Ron Wolfley And the Cardinals' big D lineman. And Wolf, I feel like we should go full disclosure right off the top, considering that you tried to book Zach's dog, (laughs) <laughs> what are you talking your about, Your first Ball? request for this segment was actually being Zach's dog, but uh, we couldn't get through to the publicist, you know, after Cardinals flight plan and the whole Instagram page and everything, Zach. So, I mean, the popularity of your dog these days is, is remarkable, is it not?
3: Yeah, no, it definitely has popped off. I did not expect any really? of this. So, no, it's it's pretty funny to see it.
0: <laughs> what, what kind of dog are we talking about? Sorry, Paulie, because I did not see what you're talking about. Sorry, Zach.
3: Yeah, no, I have a, a Bernadoodle, so he's half Bernese Mountain Dog, half Doodle so it's nice because he doesn't <laughs> shed, but he's awesome. He's oh, my <laughs> goodness. Is he, a big dog? Uh, no, he's only like 40 pounds. Okay. So, yeah, he's not too, too big, but he, he acts big. He jumps around everywhere. <laughs> he still thinks he's a lap dog. But. What do you attribute the popularity to,
2: though? I mean, seriously, come on now.
3: I mean, he's adorable. I think it's impossible not to love him, so,
0: <laughs> yeah. Talk to us a little bit about training camp right now. How's your training
3: camp going, Zach? It's been great. No, it's awesome. I think, um, you know, it, it's been really cool for me personally just coming off the surgery and, you know, how much better I feel compared to, you know, how I felt last year. Um, you know, it really cleared up a lot of things for me. And then also um, working with Coach Burke has been awesome, just learning his style and, you know, using what he's been teaching us. I think, you know, it's given me a lot of success so far and helping me with a lot of production. So, um you know I definitely am excited to you know use it in the games now.
2: How much did the injury impact you last year? I mean now you can tell us how many games were you dealing with that?
3: So I I really had it the whole season so I it was kind of stemmed from the high ankle sprain that I had my second year in the league and then I just kind of rushed back into it too fast because I wanted to get back you know so I really was supposed to be like a six to eight week injury but I came back in three that second year finished the season and then I just wanted to, you know, really build off the momentum because I started playing well towards the end of the year. So just, you know, full off season, and it just got kind of, you know, wear and tear. And then finally, when we got to, um, you know, that Christmas game versus Indianapolis, it was kind of like, okay, I think we need to take a look at it. And we realized how bad it was. But, you know, luckily, um, you know, we got a lot of tape and we got a lot of tour roll. So we were able to make it work, you know.
2: Because <laughs> we heard the montage there. I mean, you made a lot of plays despite the fact you said, I think, earlier in this camp, you felt flat-footed a lot of last year? Yeah.
3: Yeah, no, I really did. Like, it was – it would. I mean, after playing a game, I I legitimately couldn't walk on Monday, you know. So I would be – you know, my girlfriend would have to help me down the stairs. And then, you know, just – it was kind of a mess. But, you know, just trying to get it ready. And towards the end of the season, I wasn't even practicing. You know, it would be kind of hopefully that Friday practice, you at least get some reps in. Um but, yeah, no, it was – now it's 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 amazing. Um, and I just – I feel like an athlete again. You know, last year it was kind of like the fact that I was able to kind of do what I did with it was, you know, obviously gave me some confidence about, you know, playing this league. And that's why I'm so excited about this year. You know, knock on wood, stay healthy, and just show what I could do with, you know – with all this progress you know when I came into the league um, I had a really
0: really good coach I had good coaches around me and yet at the same time um, the impact that some veterans made on me some veterans inside that running back room what they made on me was significant I know JJ J. Watt you're
3: really tight with JJ J. Watt talk about his impact on you yeah he, he he's helped a bunch obviously um, you know From the football standpoint, obviously, I mean, he knows as much about, you know, football and being productive in this league as anybody that's ever played. But a lot of, uh, you know, the off the field stuff, like, you know, with my surgery, it was kind of funny. He had his surgery and then a few months later I had mine. So he basically kind of walked me through everything he did because, I mean, his recovery was pretty – Remarkable to come back in only a couple months from his shoulder surgery. So I kind of picked his brain and you know He helped me out a bunch. Um, you know, I got my surgery and was in Wisconsin. So he was giving me, you know, all of his uh, best cheese curd uh, recommendations, <laughs> but um, No, I really it definitely, you know he, know, he knows what he's doing um, you know on and off the field and you know, he, he, it's its nice that he's not, you know, kind of being shy about that knowledge. He really, you know, c- tries to teach us. And um, I think that's why he's such a good leader.
2: D. Lyman, Zach Allen, our guest on the Big Red Rage. So where were you when the scrap broke out between J.J. J. Watt and Will <laughs> Hernandez the other day?
3: It was funny because that was like the – so JJ and I were in together, and that was our last play, like, before, you know, we were going to switch it out. So I started walking, and all of a sudden you just hear the, you know, the horns going. So I was like, what the heck? So you obviously you're going to go help, and, you know, the D-line, we're a close group, so everybody, you know, starts running in, but – it was probably one of the softer fights, I'm not going to lie, you know. I mean, they just, you know, it was just a, a big push-in match and, you know, no punches were thrown, so we haven't had a good scrap yet. So, I mean, obviously coaches don't want that, but, you know, it's always good to have one or two. <laughs> Did it's you grab someone?
2: Like hockey, you know, or baseball, you kinda grab someone and you show. Yeah, the you try to
3: grab from behind, just yeah. break it up, but <laughs> I don't think anybody was really serious about fighting, so So here you are now. You're you're getting ready, of course,
0: to enter into preseason. I know we've got another week here to go before you're actually gonna play a preseason game, but are you a goal guy? Are you one of these guys that say, you know what, I'd like to do A, B, and C this year? Do you set goals for yourself personally?
3: Um I mean, obviously I have expectations, but I'm not necessarily like I need to hit this number, this, this, this. Because uh, for me, it's a big, like, if I look too far down the road, then I kind of get lost in it, and you're just overthinking things. So, for me, I, the, the thing that I found the most success with is literally taking it day by day. So, you know, if we have practice today, that's my focus, is what am I working on in practice today? What's my goal for, you know, what pass rush move do I want to work? What do I want to work in the run game? What's this? And then kind of go from there, and then you kind of just let it stack and build, and hopefully you just stack a bunch of good So you go together. micro instead yeah. of macro. Yeah, no. Once you think too big, I mean, you kind of, you know, it's just too general, I feel like. So I love that because this is a big
2: year for you, it's a contract year. So if you start thinking too much big picture, that could mess you up, I would assume.
3: Yeah, yeah. And the thing that's kind of cool too is, you know, obviously, you know, guys, there's a bunch of us that are kind of in the same position. So we're able to kind of calm you down and calm each other down and bounce ideas off each other, you know, Um, especially, you know, like my class, you know, draft class with JT, Murph, you know, we're all really close, so it's nice to talk to guys like that. So, Talk to me a little bit about that defensive
0: line room and some of the guys in there and your expectations, because there's a lot of people looking at it now, and when I say this, I'm talking about experts, quote-unquote, on the outside that are looking at the Arizona Cardinals defensive line and consider that to be a weakness,
3: to which you say? Yeah, that's just wrong. I mean, I think, honestly, we... The thing is just, I think, you know, it's been unfortunate. We were really young for the past couple years, I would say. And I think in this league, especially the play, you know, inside, it's so much different than college. And, like, in college, if you're a wide receiver or a corner, you're you're faster, you're fat. Like, you know, speed translates, you know, at the level. Here it's just the speed and the size. It's just something that you just – no one's really seen before. So even the best offensive and defensive alignment, it usually takes a couple years for them. Um, and like especially my draft class if you look at a lot of the top D linemen a lot of them it took kind of late second year third year to kind of mm-hmm. figure it out and put the pieces together you know so that's just the way football is um, but you know I think we got a lot of great guys in the room and I think we're a really deep room obviously Lecky, Richard Mike I think this off-season they absolutely killed it so it'll be you know really interesting obviously you have JJ being JJ and you know, then there's a lot of other guys that are, you know, in the same spot. I think we just have a lot of guys that are, you know, really excited to play ball and play play fast, and it's going to be a lot of fun.
2: And It's not just the D line. There was a analytics site, I think DVoa, the other day, that projected the Cardinals who finished number six in overall defense last year in their analytics, their metrics. They project them to be 28th this year. I'm like, wow. What's going to dictate whether you finish top 10? Or bottom 10? You think as a defense, what's going to be most important for this D, you think?
3: Yeah, I think if we just execute, you know, I feel like last year, um, you know, we will, after kind of, you know, doing the self-scout this offseason, you know, when we were had 11 guys doing their jobs, I mean, no one could do anything on it. Where we got into trouble is you have an MA here, a missed assignment here, you know, making mistakes here, here, here that's kind of where it killed us so this offseason obviously guys are really focused on knowing their job and performing at a high level and for a lot of us I mean this is now year four in the defense which is you know really encouraging and I think um you know it'll be, I, it will be as we've seen in camp so far it's been a lot smoother and I think the way we're playing defenses is, is it's just a lot faster and it's just a lot more physical which is great as you well know, Zach,
0: over the last couple of years, um, you guys have gotten off to some pretty good starts over the last couple of years and some really bad finishes over the last couple of years. Why do you think that is, Zach? Um,
3: and can you do anything about it as well? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, I'm a young player. I mean, this is technically year four, but I missed my entire first year, so... I mean I I, I've been around some ball I haven't been around you know as long as some other guys so I might not be the best guy to answer that question but I just know that you know for us the talk is just you know day by day doing our job and I think you know if this year we really embrace that um you know I think we'll you know we'll do good And I think also last year I think we had so much success like so quickly it wasn't kind of it kind of i'm not gonna say it came overnight but you know you go from eight and eight to all of a sudden you know you start a season seven that's you know doesn't really happen a lot so that kind of gets in your head now that we kind of have that wake-up call how you know you have to be on point throughout the entire season they're not just you know there's no easy games i think that will be uh That was kind of, you know, obviously, you know, you wish you did better last year, but I think that'll help us a lot this year. Boy, that really resonates with me when
0: I listen to Zach say that, because honestly, that is so true right there. It's one thing to talk about it, but actually having it happen to you boy that really is a learning opportunity
2: well and some other guys have mentioned it some other team leaders Buda baker and so forth maybe the attention to detail maybe it waned a little bit at 10 and 2 cetera. so yeah consider it a lesson learned you would think you would hope uh you you hear him before you see him your new d-line coach matt burke he's really vocal what's Mm -hmm. that been like having that new voice around
3: it's great it honestly has been a seamless transition um you know he's really high energy and you know just the style that he's teaching it's a lot of fun to play in it's just you know go fast and go be violent and you know we'll correct all the mistakes after you know and uh you know obviously you know we all really like buck and you know appreciate everything he's done but you know it's like you go from one great d-line coach to another great d-line coach so we were really fortunate to have him and um you know it's been awesome to play for him are you particular as to what side you like to play,
0: right side, left side? Where exactly do you like to be across the
3: front seven? Yeah, honestly, I mean, just the way our defense is, you know, you kind of got to know everything and you play, uh, you know, across. But I know um, – now I probably – you know, become a little bit more comfortable playing on the right side just because J.J. is more comfortable on the left. And, um, you know, it works out well that, you know, we're both in our most comfortable spots. You like being over the guard or over the tackle? Um, or over uh, the center, dare I say. Yeah. <laughs> Did it all last year. Yeah. No, it's, it's kind of a mix, whatever, you know, it depends on the look, the down, obviously. You know you know the certain looks, where the play is going to be made, so you obviously try to cheat it a little bit. But, um Yeah.
2: And as we wrap it up with Zach Allen, who's the guy you would least want to fight on this roster? Or or who's the guy you would want on your side as your wingman if you walked into a biker bar full of Hell's Angels? Who's the dude you'd want with you on this team?
3: I take Lecky. Lecky's a big boy. He's you know 300 pounds of torso. So we'll take that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's good. That's well, great. You got Lecky and you got your dog B. Yeah, so you know exactly. life is good
3: these days. Yes, yes. There you go,
2: Zach Allen, everyone on the Big Red Rage Rages. We continue. All brought to you by Santan Ford. We are Santan Ford.
4: Lawrence Hill throw short set looks left throws left and broken up incomplete nearly intercepted on the far sideline by Marco Wilson who stepped in front of Marvin Jones.
0: What a great play by Marco Wilson right there.
4: Michelle running left and then he's caught down on the far side of the 10 yard line by Marco Wilson.
0: Oh my goodness what a great tackle by Marco Wilson the corner
4: dumps it off short left it is caught at the 25 yard line a huge hit on the far side. By Marco Wilson. He absolutely levels the receiver. Marco Wilson
0: comes up and I mean delivers a blow. Oh, bro, strong grasshopper.
2: The fourth round rookie out of Florida last year ended up playing starter snaps pretty much the entire season. We know he has a talent in the measurables. You know he has a pedigree. I mean, his dad coaches DBs for a living. His older brother has been an NFL DB as well. The question is okay. Can he show that sort of consistency? Can he take the next step to really appease the decision makers and make him a bona fide starter for maybe the next seven or eight years, potentially? The Cardinals have a need. Can he fill that need? And guess what? Um, we got some news on the Marco Wilson front earlier today that we'll get into here on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert, Paul Calvisi, Ron Wolfley. We were just joined by Zach Allen. How about some impressions real quick on Zach Allen? How about – I mean – how about, by the way, and, and kudos to you, Wolf, he said, you know, the coaches don't like the fights, but in his words, quote, it's always good to have at least one real fight.
0: That's right, Bully. <laughs> I mean, honestly, once again, you'd heard me talk about it all the time. It really sets the tone and the tempo, of course, for a football team. And a lot of times it will relieve some pent up pressure inside of that locker room. <laughs> I know it doesn't seem like that would be the case. I know that you would think, oh, my goodness, you're going to fight one of your teammates. You're going to fight him. Are you kidding? Me, you're gonna fight. You know what happens the vast majority of the time after you fight him? you totally hug it out after it's over, and you kind of laugh at each other, and then all of a sudden everyone just the respect level returns to a locker room. I I just – listen, I I know that I talk about it all the time, but, um, yeah, that certainly can't happen inside a locker room, and I think Zach Allen kind of alluded to that.
2: Well, he said their new D-line coach, Matt Burke, his one message is go be fast, be violent. We'll fix everything later. He wants a physical – D line and it was amazing to me my last takeaway was just how banged up he was last year with that ankle that on mondays he needed help from his girlfriend to get down the stairs he could barely walk and and, and somehow he was still playing on sundays yeah. and so if he's fully healthy because we know his rookie year was wiped out by the neck injury for the most part uh, if you're looking for a guy who can really take that next step i know it's year four but i just get the sense that zach allen Has so much more ceiling to reach and productivity to bring to that defensive front.
0: Yeah, the other thing, too, I liked about our conversation was the fact that he likes playing on the right side of the defense. And J.J. Watt, of course, likes playing on the left side. That's very, very interesting right there. Two guys that are very similar. All right, so the two cornerbacks
2: that we went into camp thinking, all right, these are the two guys, uh, Byron Murphy Jr. and Marco Wilson. And what's been interesting, Wolf, is we've since learned and we started the offseason this direction and then the tragic passing of Jeff Gladney, you figure that, you know what, Byron Murphy was going to be an outside corner even though they prefer him inside. Well, guess what? Cliff Kingsbury's been pretty vocal. They would really prefer Byron Murphy Jr. to be a slot corner, which just heightens the importance of a Marco Wilson being one of those outside corners. But earlier today, here's what Cliff Kingsbury had to say. And the setup on this, to some degree, is that some of the younger corners were wearing mitts. As in, they, um, let's just say they had been holding and grabbing, and so they put some mitts on them so they couldn't do some of that. And that was sort of what the question revolved around. And then listen to where Cliff Kingsbury took it.
3: I think that's a position that where guys got to step up. Um, really like some of the veterans we have at different positions on defense. Murphy's really come a long way. Marco we we want him to step up and and be an every down starter but we'll see. I think the jury's still out and uh, the rest of those young guys somebody's got to step up and, and help us out.
0: Pauly, as soon as said. I heard that, man, I, yeah. I just want to jump in here. As soon as I heard Cliff Kingsbury say that, you know what, Marco, we want to see him actually step up. You know, we want we want to see this right here. You know what I thought of immediately, Polly, was Cliff Kingsbury and the development of Cliff Kingsbury as a head coach. It was the Pauly, this is what a head coach is going to do. He's going to let some veteran guys from time to time know that, hey, listen, you know what, your reps may be getting cut. He's got to do that. Now, I'm not saying he's doing it here with Marco Wilson. What I am saying, young guys, young guys that they want to continue to develop, you're going to say, you know what, hey, he's got to step up. He's got to prove it to us, basically. This is what he's saying to Marco Wilson right now. I think it is a tactic that a coach uses especially a head coach, uses to get young guys to develop, to challenge young guys and make sure they don't get complacent, Polly. Stop and think about it. Marco Wilson threw two-thirds of last season. I'll even go three-quarters of last season. He was as good as a rookie corner could possibly be. And then he kind of tailed off at the end of last year. And, I don't think they want him getting complacent at all. He was a starter, and all all of a sudden, he tailed off at the end. I don't think they want him to get complacent. I know that that's a thin cornerback room as well, and maybe that's what it is. Maybe they're trying to bring a little urgency to Marco Wilson because he can look around that cornerback room as well and see that he doesn't have a packed room in terms of competition. Because when
2: camp started, it was early in camp. And Cliff Kingsbury is fielding a lot of basic questions about, okay, where are the, the competitions on this roster? And he said Marco Wilson was, quote, in the mix to be a starter. He was not giving him a starting job, even though he did exactly that most of last year as a rookie. He said he has to earn that job. And then Vance Joseph was asked if Marco Wilson needed a big camp. And Vance Joseph told me, well, I don't really necessarily think he needs a big camp because, you know, he played so well last year. So it's almost like a good cop, bad cop going on between the head coach and the defensive coordinator. But then Cliff Kingsbury doubled down again today after Marco Wilson missed with a groin injury. Look, I think there's some I think there's some general frustration with the position itself, just in general. Last couple of days. The head coach was uh, irritated with all the corners grabbing and holding. Hence, you saw the mitts out there and three different guys at least today. But then hit Zoom out. As you said, the position depth isn't there. I mean, God forbid the Cardinals have a real injury to one of their primary guys a corner. They could really be hurting. So uh, the time is now. Otherwise, there are guys out in that market that I imagine might be a time-time sign.
0: Yeah, you know what, Paulie? too? Once again, I, I t- just don't gloss over this. This is a big moment for Cliff Kingsbury to come out and say that about a guy that was a starter for the Arizona Cardinals last year in a room that is thin this year for him to actually say that to challenge Marco Wilson this is a growth spurt from Cliff Kingsbury as far as I'm concerned I can almost hear Bill Belichick Polly, Bill Belichick used to do the same thing he would let he would let people know in the media of course you know ask me about this position or <laughs> ask me about uh, you know what kind of battle we've got going on here in the you know inside linebacker position or whatever it may be he would set it up and then all of a sudden he'd just give you a very dry answer and it was always about you know he's got to play he's got to step up and play he's got to prove it to us he can do that you know what i mean yep. and that's all he would say paul and then he would back it up it is this is a growth opportunity right here for cliff kingsbury
2: well, if you spend 10 years in the league, does a message from the head coach to the media get to the player in the locker room? Yes. <laughs> yes, it does, Paul. Okay. Think of think of two hosts of this show, the Big Red Rage, Calais Campbell. He was going to Pro Bowls. Remember, Bruce Arians was loath to give Calais a real compliment. Yes. And yes. then DJ Humphries and what Bruce Arians said, DJ Humphries, rookie year. Which Knee to, deep, Paul. Yep. Which, to this day, DJ does not appreciate. Yes, correct. Correct. So, yes, there have been many messages sent through the media, and uh, you would qualify today's comments about Marco Wilson in that position group when he says the jury is still out and someone has to step up and help us out, quote unquote. Absolutely. So, hey, Cardinals season tickets available now. Go to azcardinals.com slash tickets. For more info, azcardinals.com slash tickets. All right, Isaiah Simmons, big storyline, big position. We'll talk about that next on the Big Red Rage presented by
4: Santan Ford and Gilbert. They run Henry off the left side, and he's dumped immediately. And it's Isaiah Simmons knifing into the backfield to take him down. What a play by Simmons.
0: You want to talk about playing downhill. Isaiah Simmons coming from the backside the weak side inside linebacker making a
4: play on king henry baby tan takes the shotgun snap backs up as time steps up throws over the middle deflected into the air and it is intercepted by isaiah simmons at the 45-yard line isaiah simmons with a heads-up play i know one of the first questions
2: after he was a first-round pick in your mind wolf was all right How physical is he? We know he's an athletic freak, a unicorn, but will he put his nose in there and stick his face mask in there into the fray? And the answer to that right away, you realized, was what?
0: Yes. Yes, he would. Ball was the first thing I was looking for. And you know what's interesting about that? If you talk to Bill Davis, that was the first thing that the inside linebacker coach for the Cardinals was looking for as well. Interesting.
2: Interesting. So, okay, there you go. He answered that question. Now the question is, where exactly is he going to play? And uh, what does that mean for the Cardinals' defense? What does that mean for the opposition? Because us media types were there at camp the last week or so. Like, wait a minute, there's Isaiah Simmons on the edge. There he is in the slot. There he is in the middle of the defense. There he is in the back end of the defense playing center field safety. All right, so Vance Joseph, the defensive coordinator, was asked just to describe um, what position exactly is he playing, coach?
1: Right now he's he's our star, you know, our star backer or, or safety, whatever you want to call him. Um, he's playing well, you know, but, but we'll see. That's what camps for you know, to kind of figure out how far we can go with him playing
4: certain spots. A star backer is a guy that plays you know, linebacker, a little bit of
0: safety, a little bit of dime. I mean, he's he's a star position, and in this scheme, it can be a lot of places
2: your thoughts on that sounds like where needed <laughs> where he's going to be the most lethal and effective is where he's
0: going to be yeah paulie first of all let me just say this quickly right now um i have i i no longer have these dreams of him being the weak side inside backer okay where he's just you're going to put him there and he's going to be thomas davis they're going to move him around this is something that they have already come to a conclusion about they're going to move him around today just today in today's practice paulie You already said it. I saw him on the edge. I saw him in the slot as a corner. I saw him line up as a, in the slot as a corner. I saw him as a weak side inside linebacker, and I saw him playing safety in the middle of the field, man free. He was he was the deep safety in the middle of the field, man underneath on a blitz. They had blitz six guys, and he was the free safety in the middle of the field, man free. It is it is hysterical to me. I don't care where they put him now. I just want Isaiah Simmons to make plays. Plays that change games. Games that, that can be won because Isaiah Simmons is making plays. That's what I want to see from this young guy. Yeah,
2: be a playmaker, be a difference maker. But you're right. He's not exclusively an inside linebacker, and it doesn't sound like he'll ever be. So, you know, I mean, we might want to fire up Let It Go from Frozen at this point, Wolf. <laughs> right, okay, Paul. You and that's what to... I've done. I right. have Let It Go. Yeah, just so make they, plays. They asked him, Isaiah Simmons, about his star backer role feels like what it was last year Mm, not too much more not too much less um i like the new name for it though it i feel like it's kind of fitting so um i feel like it's a lot of similarities to clemson so obviously that's how i
3: got here and uh that's what i was comfortable with doing all my college career so being able to do it at the highest level is i guess a lot of courtesy to um, vj you know for allowing me to
2: do that and you know also the team for working with me and you know, being able to help me out, guys like Buddha, guys like, I mean, J.J., everybody helping me out on all different levels just to be the best version of myself.
0: The only thing better than Starbacker would have been Grudgebacker, Paul, all right? The Grudgebacker. Um, I, 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 this guy's got an edge. Have you noticed, Paul? Oh, Isaiah's got an edge to him. I mean, he got into it with DeAndre Hopkins, somebody he says is like his best friend on the team
2: which was really intriguing to hear because i mean uh uh, d hop was hot i mean he he fired the football at isaiah hit him square in the back between the numbers and the two and and why was
0: that though paul why did he do that because Because. isaiah came over and was john at him He's got an edge, Paul. I saw a little check down to Eno Benjamin, and there was Isaiah Simmons. He was playing inside linebacker. He dropped into a zone cover. They checked it down in front of that zone to Eno, and he went and whacked him, Paul, and then threw him, chucked him after Eno. I mean, he didn't have to do that. All he had to do was come up and tag him with both hands. He didn't have to chuck him the way that he did, and yet Isaiah did. He's got a little something-something coming down the side of his neck ball i use
2: a hockey term for him after this camp what i've witnessed so far i'm calling him an instigator <laughs> it, you're from buffalo wolf you know the guy in hockey who skates around oh, yeah. and he just he's just starting stuff you the know he's giving guys ball. elbows and he's a hip check here and a face wash there that, that's isaiah simmons and and just like some of the coaches you hear him before you see him because he's always chirping and yapping yes. and starting something and and it's just the way he plays. It's, it's, it's his adrenaline going.
0: Yeah, Pauline. Can I also say this, too? I, I was filled with hope hope because I really, today was a day where I saw Isaiah Simmons and Zavin Collins playing inside linebacker together. It didn't matter what the down and distance was, Polly. They did it in, in rundown situation, first and ten, second and one to six. They did it in third and obvious pass situations. They took more reps together today as the inside linebacker. Now they moved Isaiah all over, don't get me wrong, but they took more reps today together as in. Inside linebackers in certain down and distances and personnel groupings, it didn't matter. They took more reps than I have seen them take in any other practice as the inside linebackers. And by the way, did we not see Zavin actually fill the hole? Really oh. read and react in a couple of drills, correct? Yes, he did, especially the inside drill where his eyes were on the inside. Man, when he sees it and knows what to do, he's a force. I was encouraged watching Zaven.
2: Yeah, I mean, just like, look, remember what Jordan Hicks told us last year, they now departed middle linebacker and team captain. He said he would sit in the meeting rooms, look at Isaiah Simmons, and look at Zavin Collins go, oh, man, we've got a couple of legit freaks here. <laughs> yes. I mean, these guys are huge. They're fast. So if you can get Zavin Collins up to speed... Now they got to play
0: like it, Molly. Yeah.
2: All right. Special thanks, as always, to our senior broadcast manager and producer, Jim O'Mahondro, technical director, Zach Larson. How about Zach Allen, the big D lineman, and his dog Bean, the Bernadoodle? <laughs> really well done. Whatever. Yeah. Ron Wolfley there, Paul Calvisi here. This has been the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert.
3: Your little dog, too.